Welcome to another episode of Bridging Chicago. I'm Leona Kuhar, your host. Schreiner's Children's is a nonprofit organization with 22 locations in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Their facilities provide specialized health care for children, regardless of their family's financial status or insurance. Shriners Children Chicago opened its doors in 1926. This is a milestone year for the Shriners Children's organization as they are celebrating their 100th year in caring for children. Our guests today are Dr. Maria Martinez, also known as Dr. Gabby Martinez, a pediatric rehabilitation medicine specialist at Shriners Children's in Chicago, and Kara Miller, the marketing communications manager at Shriners Chicago. Welcome Dr. Martinez and Kara, and thank you for joining us today. You're um, welcome. I'd like to start with um, Dr. Martinez. Um, I understand that you grew up in the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I was born and raised in Pilsen. So uh, my parents um, immigrated from Mexico and met when they were teens. Um, I'm the second of four children. Um, and I went to a local uh, school there in the neighborhood. And in high school, found an interest in the sciences and um, decided to pursue a career in the medical field. Also, in retrospect, influenced by the fact that my younger sister um, was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. She was born prematurely and I saw her growing up. She was born when I was five years old. So okay. throughout our childhood, um, we had therapists in the household and um, we saw her um, through her rehabilitation course and her development um, evolving through that. So she eventually was able to walk with assistive devices and eventually without them. Um, and so that kind of influenced me and my career path really was the driving force uh, behind my career path. And that's how I end up, ended up in re the field of rehabilitation. So your sister was a great inspiration then. Yes, definitely. So you said you developed an interest while you were in high school for the sciences. Do you feel like there were um, there was there were programs in place that assisted you and encouraged that um, interest in the sciences? Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to attend um, a rigorous college prep school um, not too far from Pilsen, and luckily. Um, I had great um, AP science courses available. So through my AP biology class, that's what kind of started the interest in, in these biological sciences. Um, so I went into college with um, kind of that field of um, leaning me toward that field of study um, and then ended up um, actually exploring the field of medicine and realizing, learning that I would be able to treat uh, patients like my sister through this field. So you had some significant building blocks while you were in high school. Yes, to um, really kind of just the people and the places that uh, came into my life. I feel very fortunate for that because That's I was definitely. only the, the second person in my immediate family to have attended college my older sister being the first. So I didn't really, I al always followed in my older sister's footsteps. 
Um, I, you know, my parents didn't have the experience of guiding one through college. So it was kind right. of a just learning and um, being in unfamiliar environments and kind of just learning through that. Yeah. Um, Kira, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? What led you to Shriners in Chicago and into the marketing role? Sure. Good morning. Or good. Thank you for having us. Um, yeah, so I have a less compelling family connection than Dr. Martinez, but uh, was also inspired to work in the healthcare field. Um, I grew up kind of the kid of an orthopedic surgeon in downstate Illinois, so spent a lot of time visiting. Uh, I remember he used to bring me on the weekends when he would do rounds. Back in the day when people would stay in a hospital for weeks at a time, I would get to go talk to all the teenagers who were sitting there in traction and say hi and visit. And then I got to get a lollipop from his exam room back when doctors gave me candy <laughs> before we realized that was a bad motivator. <laughs> but I'm sure those visits that you were able to have with the patients, the teenage patients, meant a lot to them. You know, I like to think so. I like to think I brought some joy, but, you know, in this day and age with infection control and HIPAA, and I'm sure that would right. not be allowed, but yeah. it was fun as a kid. And, yes. um, so kind of grew up around medicine, um, deathly afraid of needles, so knew that was not my path. Um, mm -hmm. But I always enjoyed communicating. I was a singer and a public speaker. Um, my high school, like I was the morning announcement person. So always okay. I sort of enjoyed the communication aspect of a message. So I uh, went out of state to college and studied journalism and political science and worked my way up in media in New York City. Uh, where I met a gentleman who uh, I later married who needed to move to Chicago for work. So okay. came back this way, worked in local media for many years, had my kids kind of transitioned to healthcare communications. Um, and I remember when I applied for Shriners, uh, talking to my dad about it, and he was telling me memories of doing a residency and rotating through the Twin Cities location years ago. So, you know, felt that connection. He had been here for trainings. And so uh, it was just kind of nice to full circle, come back. And now I work with orthopedic surgeons and uh, craniofacial surgeons and uh, physical medicine doctors. So I really enjoy getting to share the stories of not only what they're doing and the research they're doing and the way they're changing medicine, but also with kids with physical differences or disabilities um, or injuries, getting to share mm -hmm. their story so that people out there know, hey, this is a kid just like mine, and they have right. the same concerns or good and bad days. And so kind of normalizing differences, uh, yes. I think is really important. So this position that you're in now seems like it was just meant to be for you. That's kind of what I thought when it came up. So yeah. I also happen to live just outside the city in Oak Park. So it's also okay. about 10 Very minutes close. from my house. So it always helps. Definitely. Yes. Short commute is a good thing. Yeah. Dr. Martinez, can you explain what pediatric rehabilitation medicine is? Sure. Um, so we, as rehab physicians, work very closely with um, physical therapists, occupational therapists, speech and language pathologists, and an entire rehabilitation team. Um, so we have multidisciplinary care for children um, with special needs. So they have impairments with mobility and their activities of daily living or speech and communication 
um, impairments. And so we help evaluate uh, what their needs are and help provide those services through assistive technology therapies. um, And throughout, you know, we also assess any uh, potential medical needs associated with that. So for instance, children with cerebral palsy may have issues with muscle tone differences that require uh, medications or sometimes other interventions such as Botox injections and those types of things. And amongst the assistive devices that we help provide, which here at Shriners, we are very lucky to have our orthotists and prosthetists on site. So we are able to uh, measure and mold children for um, bracing that they may need um, right in our clinic space. So that's that's something that we're very proud of. And we also have a motion lab analysis, a motion analysis lab here where we um, have extensive studies to look at a, a child's um, walking. Um, and that helps us determine appropriate bracing or potential surgical interventions. So as a rehab physician, we work closely with a large team of um so including therapists, nursing, um, we also have child life specialists, uh, recreational therapists, um, our orthotists and prosthetists to provide a comprehensive care to both mm-hmm. improve a child's independence with their day-to-day life and their quality of life as well. So it's kind of like you're the core and you work with the whole yeah. team. So we, yeah, and we work closely with the orthopedic surgeons and other providers here as well, um, because sometimes after orthopedic surgeries, very often after orthopedic surgeons, rehabilitation needs arise, um, and we're able to provide those um, intensive therapies both both on an inpatient and outpatient basis. Dr. Martinez, I know that over the years, the types of care that Shriners um, Children's Hospitals provided has evolved. Um, I, I know that just from reading about it in the beginning, it was like polio, you know, way back in the 20s. And obviously, you know, uh, it, it's different now. What what changes have you seen? So, um I can speak a little bit about the evolution. So like in the early 20s, you're right, lots of the uh, children that were seen in the Shriner system were kids with polio or clubfoot deformities. So many of the um, orthopedic needs were met. Um, Mm -hmm. And then as the the, uh, patient population rose and the volume of patients rose, then um, other specialty needs were met. addressed. So kids with neuromuscular disorders, with spinal deformities. Um, so the, the, specialty, the specialists um, available for services grew. Um, and then with the advent of vaccinations and antibiotics, we saw less of kids with polio, for instance, and then um, further needs were addressed um, amongst those um, burn injuries. So we mm-hmm. then developed the burn programs. Um, and then again, as patient populations grew, um, then we started identifying further needs and gaps in care. And so then in the late 70s, um, the Shrine system started to see patients, children with spinal cord injuries. Um, and then that's kind of how the field of rehabilitation um, became involved in the care. So not only spinal cord injury, but other 
children with pediatric onset disability and acquired um, injuries such as spinal cord injury. Um, so we, we, in unison with the spinal cord injury program, started providing their rehabilitation care along with that as well. So many kids with impairment, impairments with mobility um, can also have impairments with their sensation and so can develop pressure wounds. And so that's a special interest of mine. So we also manage um, pressure wounds with an intensive approach and multidisciplinary approach. Um, our therapists are skilled in assessing, um, for instance, wheelchair cushions and proper uh, overlays to offload these pressure areas when <laughs> kids are um, in bed, for instance. Yeah. Um, so there's been an evolution kind of from primarily orthopedic care to then expanding um, to also include burn um, care and then rehabilitation services and also our cleft lip and, lift, cleft lip and palate a program mm -hmm. arose um, with the specialties of plastic surgery and ENT addressing those needs. Yeah. Um, Kira, I'd like to touch a little bit on the history of um, Shriners Hospital and the organization and how things got started a hundred years ago. Yeah, it's a it's a great year to be talking about our history because we are celebrating this fall our 100th anniversary as a healthcare system. So mm -hmm. that certainly is exciting. Um, yeah, so 100 years ago, obviously, me medicine and healthcare in America was very different. There were a lot of families and children with limited access to care and certainly no insurance to provide that cost if they couldn't pay it themselves. Um, so there was a group of men that were part of Shriners International, which is a, a men's fraternity for fun and fellowship, who uh, sort of in all the big cities, New York City in particular, in America who would meet and have dinner and do fun events. And they began to realize in the late 19-teens that maybe they wanted to expand their mission to give back and do something good for humanity. And so I believe it was 1921, they finally uh, passed a resolution and began uh, building the first Shriners Hospital, uh, which was down in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, it The doors opened in on September 16, 1922. So this September, of course, we'll be celebrating that milestone. Uh, but when we began, uh, you had to show a financial need, and we treated, as Dr. Martinez mentioned, primarily kids with polio, but other orthopedic conditions uh, mm -hmm. who couldn't afford care elsewhere. So the first patient was a girl named Eileen. She was seven years old, and she had... Um, clubfoot uh, and some other deformities. And so she kicked off what would be an effort to help more than a million children, 1.5 million, we like to say, in the last century. So. Mm -hmm. that's, that's remarkable. Yeah. And if you're like me, you weren't kind of aware of, of the whole system. But uh, way back in the 20s, from 1922 to 1927, they built 13 additional hospitals, including the Chicago location, as you mentioned. So they were really committed to meeting a need. They had met with orthopedic surgeons. They'd met with uh, medical experts around the country, and they all agreed there is a medical need, a gap in care. Uh, where lots of patients that these doctors were seeing in the early days were 12 or 13 years old and had never had orthopedic care. 
And many of them had severe deformities or limb differences um, and so or polio related uh, differences. And so it was uh, just dramatic to, to have an institution like that available. Yeah. And it seems like once they started, they just kept going to have so many facilities in such a short amount of time. Yes, I, I they passed a resolution back in the day that they were going to charge all of the Shriners, which is the members of the fraternity, um, $2 a year to help cover mm-hmm. the cost of our, our oh. system. So back then, $2 went a little farther than it does today. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dr. Martinez, what are some of the strides made in improving the lives of children who are patients of Shriners that have really excited you as a doctor? Yeah, so one of the big things is providing um, the assistive devices, assistive technology to help kids uh, navigate their environments as independently as possible with their mobility impairments. Um, So all of the bracing, for instance, um, you know, walkers, crutches, wheelchairs, um, supporting them with that early on and the intensive therapies to then um, oftentimes see them be able to mobilize without those devices or with less restrictive devices. Um, So that's really rewarding. It has to be, I would imagine. Yeah. And then also, which it's tough also sometimes when we see the kids with um, acquired injuries, you know, it's very traumatic and the families go through this period of loss um, and, and adapting. Right. And so then we, provide um, the services and the technology to now help them in the new way that they navigate their environment and also help improve their quality of life. So what I love about the pediatric population is that they always help themselves. They're always trying their best and they're so resilient. So if you give them the means to help navigate their environment, they always do so. They're going to use what you give them. Right. Yeah. Um, what about research? Does uh, Shriners do a lot of research? Yes. So um, actually, with when the advent of vaccinations and antibiotics grew and that particular patient population declined, um, mm-hmm. There was a, a, you know, kind of a, a downtime where research started uh, developing. And so then um, that's uh, where it kind of became very important for the system to pursue and grants were pursued. And it has continued through um, sharing knowledge through the system and beyond, um, both from uh, uh, experience with um, teaching presentations and then publications, which continues Mm -hmm. to this day. So one of the um, large organizations that we've been um, a part of, very close with is POSNA. So the orthopedic surgeons attend this yearly conference and many of them uh, pre- present and are published. Um, so that's been a big component of, of our system as well. Sure. Jane, I can add, I was going to add to that the, um, you know, we do do a lot of research in sort of musculoskeletal injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Another part of our care, I don't know if we've touched on, is our craniofacial program. 
And so I, we often say that things that are rare elsewhere aren't rare for our physicians. So we have sort of larger population groups of kids with some of these uh, vastly different uh, setups in their face or face structure or neck. And so uh, we do quite a bit of research in uh, the craniofacial area. Mm-hmm. Um, even to getting down to things like how do kids learn when their language is acquired differently due to a cleft palate, like looking right. at quality of life for these kids and what are markers and things that physicians elsewhere can look for and work on and be aware of. And so some of that, um, quite a bit of uh, groundbreaking research in burn care. Uh, okay. We don't offer burn care here in the Chicago. Our closest location is in Dayton, Ohio, that does that but really groundbreaking in terms of treating pediatric burns. Um, And then another area that Dr. Martinez has certainly covered is our spinal cord injury care research. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shriners was the first place to say we need pediatric spinal cord injury care. Uh, As there were more motor vehicle accidents and more things happening, they needed a place that was set up for children and that understood that children aren't small adults, they're kids and they're growing and there's vast changes in their bodies. And so um, they started this many years ago, but we actually have the world's largest longitudinal study for spinal cord injuries acquired as children. So we have more than 500 participants who've allowed us to follow them for years and years to see what that does to their body as they age, what some of the treatment does, and and what are the areas to work on social, emotional, um, you know, in community. And so um, really some groundbreaking things happening in our small building here on the far west side. And as to the the spinal cord, uh, the following of the 500 um, patients, has that been really positive? Has that given a lot of good feedback? So I think it's helped us kind of improve um, throughout uh, with the patients that we see now and kind of the focus on uh, providing early on family and patient education with regards to the complications that can occur. And so we're much better at addressing those um, secondary conditions. So uh, before patients with spinal cord injury who also had uh, changes in their bowel and bladder function, for instance, mm-hmm. um, had more issues with like kidney uh, complications. But because we're so much better at addressing that now, that's that's no longer an issue. And it's like addressed early on. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we, yeah. we've seen that um, it's known that after an injury, the first three months um, are the optimal recovery period is the optimal recovery period. So that's when we provide the intensive rehabilitation uh, to try to optimize their prognosis. Do you um, have like a lot of international um, patients that come like from different countries? Yes. So we, we do get a lot of referrals, um, especially for um, people with um, severe, uh, neuromuscular uh, issues and um, spinal deformities. So our um, orthopedic spine surgeons are not afraid to take on complicated cases that other people don't undertake. And so we get a lot of referrals for our spinal surgeons, our spinal orthopedic surgeons, um, also for rehabilitation. So we do get those referrals um, for um, either burn or polytrauma, um, 
children that, that require long-term rehabilitation. What is polytrauma? Oh, sorry. So uh, trauma from an accident, for instance, a motor oh, vehicle okay. accident. So they have multiple injuries. Oh, okay. Um, Thank you for asking. I didn't know either. <laughs> sorry, okay. it's, just, it's just a fancy uh, word for multiple. <laughs> it's just a fancy word for multiple injuries. Okay, um, Kara, tell us how funds to support Shriners are raised and how they're used. Sure. So. Um, you know, I should just clarify, when we started back in the day, it was based on you could only come to Shriners if you had a financial need. Okay. And we actually functioned that way as a healthcare system, amazingly, for 80 some years. Um, and then they began to realize that the, the nature of healthcare was changing, the nature of insurance was changing, and most families had some type of insurance, whether through the CHIP program here in Illinois or elsewhere, um, Obamacare. And so um, we began to accept insurance. So um, now we say any child up to age 18 who has a condition that we treat, you know, is considered to for care or to be a patient, families can just call and make an appointment. Um, but we still hold to our mission, which is our doctors are going to make choices for their medical care based on all the available options. Like what's the best care? Because mm -hmm. it's regardless of the family's ability to pay or their insurance status. Right. So some of these spine procedures, for instance, or other or long-term rehab can be very expensive. So we certainly do, as a nonprofit, rely on donors. Um, you know, there's certainly lots of ways to participate or, or donate financially. Uh, a good website for that, if folks are interested in learning more, is lovetotherescue.org. Um, okay. The other way a lot of Chicagoans have gotten involved or even companies is donating items. So that might be latex-free toys or a pizza party or um, a set of books or, you know, new things that they want to add to our hospital. Um, and so we do have a donations coordinator, Mary McCauley, that they can contact at the hospital. So kind of those two ways uh, help support what we're doing. Okay. Um, do you have any events scheduled in celebration of the 100th anniversary? Sure. So, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll out Dr. Martinez here and that she is special on our staff. She's one of our 100th workforce and ambassadors for our okay. anniversary. So we have two here in Chicago and a hundred around our system, kind of helping us celebrate and share stories. So throughout the year, we're profiling different members of our workforce who are mm -hmm. ambassadors about why they work in the trainers, what they enjoy about the system. A number of our fraternity sites, we call them temples. Uh, they're based on sort of an old Arabic tradition. Um, okay. They are having celebrations in their locations around the Midwest and around the country and the world. And then uh, in September, on the 16th, around our anniversary, we've got um, a TV special planned. Uh, we're looking at doing a local screening, a sneak peek here uh, for staff. Um, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, we still are pretty restricted in being able to invite the community to events. So we don't have a large public celebration planned, but, you know, maybe by the time Chicago turns 100 in four more years, we can we can be a, a more open or it might be yeah. safe to consider that. Let's hope so. Yes. So a question I have for both of you. Um, what are your hopes for the future of the unique care that uh, Shriners provides to children and for the organization? Yeah. 
So um, I hope and I'm pretty optimistic that this will continue because of our mission, but I hope that we will continue to be able to provide the care that we can without having to worry about uh, um, a patient or a family's ability to pay. So um, never is there, you know, never crosses my mind when I'm evaluating a child for care or when we get outside referrals for inpatient rehabilitation do I ever worry about do they have insurance or how is this this uh, stay going to be covered? You know, I solely look at what they need medically and from a rehabilitation standpoint, yes. and can we provide that? So and that has to be such a relief for you as yeah, a doctor. It's something so special that yeah. makes this such a wonderful place to work that it, it doesn't feel like a business, you know? It's, yes. It's a place to offer services. And I hope and and I'm pretty confident that that will continue to be the case. Yes. Um, and then also that we continue to be at the forefront of um, continuing our research to share all that knowledge from the mm -hmm. uh, patient base that we've been able to follow. Yeah, definitely. Kara, how about you? Sure. So, you know, similarly to her, just, uh, looking toward the future of sort of the next hundred years of, <clears throat> excuse me, really continuing our, uh, we like to say the most amazing care, but really offering that advanced care for so many of these conditions that families come in, honestly, scared, concerned, confused, their kid might look different or they might have been injured in a sports event and they just really are worried about the future. And so yeah. just look forward to more of providing that hope for them, we like to say hope and healing. Um, and then I was going to add, I'd like to see more Dr. Martinez's come out of Chicago. Um, part of our mission, you know, it's clinical care, research, and then academic training. So sharing our expertise with sort of the next generation. We have surgeons from across Chicago, from some of the leading academic medical centers who are part of our staff as well. And so, you know, kind of inspiring that next generation to consider these forms of medicine that our real specialty, but really give back uh, to kids with some differences. Um, and then lastly, I think I hope that we have a generation of kids who don't grow up with differences that bother them, that they're ashamed of, that can be medically treated or that can help them with acceptance and awareness of who they are and, you know, how God made them to be. And so I look forward to just as Shriners continues our mission, reaching more of those kids to know that there's care and there's hope out there for them. Yeah. That, that, uh, the acceptance part of it too, that, you know, people can learn to accept people, people who just aren't the same, you know, and definitely we need more Dr. Martinez's. No. Definitely. <laughs> so Kara, tell us again, if someone wants to donate um, to Shriners, how, give us a website that they can go to. Sure. I, that's very kind of you to offer. Thank you. Um, so love to the rescue.org. Um, we used to have our tagline about, you know, we bring love to the rescue, the idea that we're bringing a caring approach. Um, so love to the rescue.org. They can also call our hospital uh, 773-622-5400 or visit our website, uh, shrinerschicago.org for more information. 
Um, that's also where they can reach our donations coordinator to find out about specific things that we might need donated, whether it's art okay. supplies or books or often uh, items for older teens are in high demand. A lot of people give toys for little kids, right. but we need those older teens covered as well. Um, so those are those are some places they can go. So in in concluding here, is there anything that either one of you would like to say or to have our listeners know that we might not have covered? Um, so I think um, spreading the word about this gem that we have here. So many people have, you know, seen a commercial here and there, but are not really uh, sure of what care we provide. Um, mm -hmm. So here in Chicago, you know, spreading the word that we have orthopedic uh, surgeons, plastic surgeons, rehabilitation physicians, and inter multidisciplinary care all around care. So um, if you're watching this and know someone, have a friend, family member who would benefit from these services, spread the word. Let us let let them know that they will get amazing, comprehensive care here. Okay. Uh, I was going to add to that list. Uh, we recently started in partnership with Rush. Uh, their uh, pediatric surgeons, a chest wall deformity program uh, where the chest wall might be pointing out or pointing in. It often develops in teenagers and it's a condition that can be difficult to have coverage and understand. And so we're certainly excited to work with Rush here to establish a center for that condition. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is that our hospital coffee is pretty good and our parking is free. So <laughs> we like to let families know that that does exist in Chicago. So it, Yeah, I mean, it does. That uh, aspect of paying for parking, I understand in some of the hospitals can be very burdensome to families. Yes, uh, we also have um, when children would benefit from intensive rehabilitation on the outpatient basis, mm -hmm. we have uh, four accommodation rooms on site so families can stay here so their child receives their intensive therapy during the day and has somewhere to rest in between therapies and also mm -hmm. stay the night. So we have uh, many people coming from out of state that will come and stay here for a couple of weeks for their rehabilitation. Nice. Yeah. And those kids are so tired, but boy, do they thrive in their ability. And the families are just, they'll often say, she won't do this for me at home. The things that our therapists can right. convince them to work on or goals that they can set. Um, and then I think the last thing is um, the backyard. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about we offer, we have five patient gardens and an accessible playground uh, in our backyard. And we actually have horticultural therapy with the Chicago Botanic Garden once a week for our families and patients that are here. So just really trying to be a comprehensive environment where a kid can thrive and, and a parent can find support as they need it when their child is facing a medical condition. Wow. I mean, I've, I've learned so much in this, you know, during this podcast, I never realized that you had all these um, options and programs and services available. So I thank you for sharing all of that with us. So thank you for tun tuning in to this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. 
You can also find us on LinkedIn by searching Bridging Chicago or visiting www.bridgingchicago.com. And be sure to visit shrinerschildren.org or lovetotherescue.org. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solution Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.